We've been, uh, we've been working through a, a series of messages on prayer. And this morning I want to look at, uh, I believe, a wonderful topic. And I'm hoping by the end of it you believe it's a wonderful topic too. And that's the concept of praying the Word of God. So we're going to ask the Lord to come and help us, especially to help me. Um, you've got the, the hard job to help you because you've got to listen to me. And uh, I'm just going to ask God to help me so it'll make your job easier, okay? Father, we thank you for your Word and we thank you for your instruction. But God, we thank you for prayer. We thank you that you have given us the, the privilege and the ability to communicate with you. When you say, don't hold back, you say, come boldly. Come boldly into the presence. Lord, you, you encourage us to make our requests known to you. And so, Father, we thank you for this series. We pray that as we continue in it, that we will grow in grace and the knowledge of God in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, we're going to dive right into it, praying the word of God. I've got two scriptures I want to look at and consider as an introduction, and then I want to get into several points. And I've got to tell you, I am so excited for the challenge this week. I, uh, I got bumped last week. I was supposed to preach last week, but we had a guest, which I was also excited about. Pam rang me, I think, on Wednesday or Thursday, I can't remember which. And she said, she saw, you know, she hedged around, you know, because, you know, you never want to make that call. Got to tell him he's not preaching, he's been preparing, and got to shut him down for the week. And uh, fortunately, my wife had been in the school... Um, in the school PD kind of conference thing, and had come home raving about this woman from America. And so Pam says, uh, Steve, we've got this woman from America. And I said, Pam, just get her. I've heard great things. And so one of the, one of the upsides of that was I had an extra week, and as I was just praying and, and, and going through, going over my notes, God spoke to me last night regarding the challenge. And I've got to tell you, I am so excited about it. I'm more excited about it than any challenge we've seen thus far, even the ones I've brought. So wait till you get there. Okay, let's go straight into the first scripture. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. Every part of scripture is God-breathed and useful. Useful. Just say that with me. It's useful. If you've got one in the olden days, we used to have one like this, but today you've got to kind of reach into your pocket and pull out this one, your mobile Bible, and say, it's useful. One way or another, showing us truth, exposing our rebellion, correcting our mistakes, training us to live God's way. Who needs training? God, I need training to live your way. It doesn't, how many of you found that it doesn't come natural to us? You know? I used to say to my kids, the only thing that came natural to my kids was no. Do you want to go to bed? No. Do you want something to eat? No. Do you need to go to the toilet? No. I didn't teach them that word. I tried to teach them yes. But do you want to learn yes? No. <laughs> Correcting our mistakes, training us to live God's way. Through the word, I love this, through the word we are put together and shaped up for the tasks that God has for us. And then the next scripture that we've got. Uh, this is a fantastic word. For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates. 
I love the way the NIV puts it. It penetrates even to the dividing soul and spirit. Joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and intentions of our heart. Uh, when I used the barbecue at home, my, uh, my wife likes cooking kebabs. You know those kind of chicken thing on a stick? And they always slop that goop all over it. And then when you put it on the barbecue, it, it doesn't stick to the chicken, it sticks to the barbecue plate. Have you noticed that? And at the end, you've just got this barbecue plate that started off relatively clean and now it's just gunked on with all this yuck. But praise God, the people that make barbecues make a little spray thing that you get out from under the cupboard and you spray it all over the barbecue plate and you close the lid and you go inside for a little while. And while you're sitting inside doing whatever you want to do, that stuff penetrates. It penetrates. It gets in through the, the gunk. It's like WD-40. It just goes in through the rusted-on junk. And it loosens everything up. And that's what I want to talk about this morning. The ability of God's Word, as we pray it, to go in and penetrate. And begin to break up some of the rusted-on stuff that's on our soul. Who, who's found... They've got some rusted on stuff on their soul. Uh, you know, I still find it. I still, I still find stuff in there that ought not to be. And I just say, God, let your word come and penetrate right down to the, the joining place where my spirit meets my soul. Because in my soul, there's all kinds of gunk and culture and wrong thinking and emotions. Who's ever had any trouble with their emotions? Anyone? <laughs> emotions cause us all kinds of problems. You know, I feel so alone. I feel like God's not with me. The Bible says, I will never leave you or forsake you. We've got to get that word to penetrate down to where our soul and our spirit join and get rid of some of that gunk that's in there. So... Okay, so we're going to move on and I'm going to come back and I'm going to reference this first as we go through. Okay, number one, as we go, praying according to God's will. When we pray God's word, we pray God's will. Listen to this scripture. What a wonderful, wonderful promise. This is the confidence we have in approaching God. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if he hears us, He will grant the thing we're asking. What an incredible thing to go and pray. The advantage of praying God's word is we pray God's will. Sometimes we don't know what to pray. God, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. This is where we started this whole series uh, some months ago. God, we want to pray your will into a circumstance. God, because you promised that you will always answer the prayer that's prayed according to your will. And I've found sometimes my prayer is dominated by my will. Has anybody else found that? It's dominated by what I want to do, where I want to go, and how I want to be. And God, let your kingdom come, let your will be done even in my life. Okay, so when when we pray God's word, we pray his will. Now... No, let's keep going. I I don't want to stop there because I'll start talking about one other point. In the middle of that point, it'll get all messy. Okay, next one. 
When we pray God's word, we pray according to God's promises. Uh, a couple of, couple of months ago, I shared a scripture from Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3 that says, uh, Praise be to God who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Remember that? And we talked about that God has laid up these blessings in heaven and our privilege and our right through prayer is to go into the heavenly places as um, Hebrews 10, 16, I think it is. I think that's where it is. It says, Let us therefore come boldly into the throne of God's presence where we might receive mercy and grace to help in the time of need. These are the blessings that are stored in heaven and through prayer we go into the heavenly places and we redeem those blessings for us and for those we love. This is a parallel scripture. In verse 3 of 2 Peter 1, it says that he's given us everything pertaining to life and godliness. Everything, In other words, every blessing, everything that we need to be alive and to be godly, God has given to us. And how has he given it to us? Because of his divine, uh, sorry, his divine, I'm, reading, I'm quoting the verse that's in my head and not the one that's on the wall. Because of his glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises. These are the promises that enable you to share his divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human, human desires. When we, when we come and we pray God's word into a situation or we pray God's word into our situation, we're taking those promises from heaven, from where they're written, and bringing them down into real time. Us, now. Our, our everyday walking around life, we want to reclaim those promises of everything we need for life and godliness. Amen? Who's, not even to mention godliness, who's ever felt unqualified just for life sometimes? You know, sometimes you wake up in the morning and you think, why do I have to get up today? Who says I have to go to work? Why do I need to do that? Why do I have to go to school? I don't want to see those people. But the Bible says that he's given us everything pertaining to life. We have the capacity to do what we're called to do because of the equipping that he gives us. And when we pray according to his word, we pray according to his promises. I'm watching the time. Because I'm going to spend a little bit of time on some of these. Number three, we pray with authority. This is where I I kind of wanted to go back to... um, to the verse that we looked at before from um, Hebrews 4.12. For the word of God is alive and active. It's powerful. It has authority. And if we can just flip back into that, that other verse. Psalm 138 says, I will worship towards your holy temple and I will praise your name for your loving kindness and your truth. For you have magnified your word above all your name." I want you to think about that for a moment. God has magnified, he's lifted his word above his name and his reputation. In other words, he will move heaven and earth to bring his word to pass. He counts it that highly. He's lifted it up. And so it's like, whatever it costs me, even my reputation, even the loss of my only son, I will do it because of my word, because what I've declared. 
This incredible word, the Bible says that God is watching over his word to perform it, Jeremiah. And you know, what he wants is he wants someone to take his word and put it in their mouth. The Bible says, I think it's in 2 Chronicles 16.9 or something like that. He says, the eyes of the Lord are going to and fro across the earth. And he's looking for someone. He's looking for someone through whom he might show himself strong. What he's looking for is a man or a woman who will allow God to put his words in, our, in their mouth. Because God's word in my mouth when it's mixed with faith has the same result as God's word in his mouth. You know, Paul says, Paul's writing about the, the children of Israel and he says they received the same promise that we received. But it didn't profit them because they didn't mix it with faith. You see, when we pray the word of God, we are mixing it with faith. Yeah? Yeah, because if, if we don't believe it, we're not going to pray it. Who would think that's reasonable? So when we, even if we only believe it a little bit, you know, sometimes when we start out, I remember, I remember Brian Houston telling me years and years and years ago in a message, this is, this is longer, further ago than I really want to think about, to be honest. And he said every morning I would get up as a young man. He, he grew up and he had a, it's hard to imagine Brian Houston with an inferiority complex, but he did. He had a real inferiority complex. Every morning, he would get up and look at himself in the mirror and he would say, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. He said whenever he started saying that, he didn't believe it. It was always a challenge. It was always difficult. And he'd say, and he'd go, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And as he began to say it, boldness began to rise in his spirit. See, God's word in our mouth, when we mix it with faith, has authority. And we can bring authority into a situation when we stand and pray. Sometimes we think, pray God's will be done, you know, God's kingdom come, God's will be done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice words. No, no, no. When we mix it with faith, God has given us the ability to bring the authority of his word into a situation. We can see chains broken. People delivered from yokes. And when we get to the end of this, you're going to see something and it's going to blow your mind. And we are going to have, nor this, we're going to have the best week, I've got to tell you. Praying with authority. Okay. Moving on. Number four. Oh, this is so important. Praying with clarity. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Psalm 119, 105. And this one, this is great. The entrance of your word gives light and it gives understanding to the simple. Let me tell you about myself. I grew up in a middle class, very conservative family. Uh, we, we grew up around the Liverpool area and it was the electorate of Gough Whitlam. Anybody remember Gough Whitlam? Some of you will remember. Uh, my father's thoughts on Gough Whitlam was probably that he was a member of the Communist Party, I think. And, uh, you know, that's the, that's the kind of family we grew, grew up in. You know, Robert Menzies was God and Bob Askin was the second member of the Trinity. And uh, that's just the kind of world I came into. And, you know, if, if I was left to my own devices, if I was left to my own cultural bent, 
my prayers would be more informed by the white Australia policy than it would be by the word of God. That's just what I grew up in. That's the way my mind was formed. And so sometimes we need the word of God to come in and to clarify our thinking. You know, when we begin to pray God's word, you know, sometimes we're, we're facing a difficult situation at work and we start to pray. And our culture and our thinking and our mindsets might start to pray, God, would you remove that person from my situation in Jesus' name? But that may not be his will. So we start with what we know to be his will. God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to a knowledge of repentance. God, I pray for that person that's causing me grief. God, I ask in Jesus' name, according to your word, God, you are not willing that they should perish. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, our thinking is changed, clarity comes in, and we remember that we're not called to pray about whatever grief they're causing us. We're called, we're called to pray for the grief that's going on in their life as a result of them being separated from God. You know, it changes the way we think. You know, in, in successive generations, and I was talking to a friend um, about this in, on, on Facebook a couple of months ago. In successive generations, those of us who have been around, we're about the same age, he's a little bit older than me, but we've talk, we talk a lot about you know, what we've seen in our generation, the music, the, the experiences, the cultural thing. How many, who was alive when man walked on the moon? That happened like, we, we remembered that three, three, a week ago, a couple of weeks ago. A few of us, yeah. Who remembers where they were? Do you remember? First form, year seven in the modern vernacular, tech drawing. That's where I was. When Neil Armstrong said, one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. We were there watching it. Who knew the, the moon was in black and white? I didn't know that. I thought it would be in colour, just like the earth. But there you go. So when we pray with God's word, God's word brings clarity in, clarity in the situation. And, and sometimes we need clarity because our emotions, our, you know, I was talking about stuff being rusted on. That's our culture, our cultural thinking. It's rusted on. To our, to our mind. In fact, Paul says, don't allow this world to squeeze you into its mould. In other words, don't be so conformed. I love this, this translation. Don't be so conformed to your culture that you just swallow it without thinking about it. We do that all the time, don't we? We, we find ourselves thinking in certain ways. And if we were honest, if we were actually doing it with the Bible open, in front of us, we would go, whoa, where did that come from? That's not in here. You know, we, we need God's word to bring clarity into our situation. You know, I'm convinced, I, I am convinced that praying is more about us than it is about God. I'm convinced God wants us to do this because he wants us to change us more than he wants to change our circumstance. 
Because I think if he can change us, the circumstance will just follow. Yeah? In line. Okay. How are we going? Oh, we're doing all right. I've got seven minutes. Okay, quickly. Last one. When we pray God's word, we pray in agreement. Jesus said, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. Now, when we say this, we kind of have this mental picture of uh, two people sitting in a lounge room holding hands, praying together and saying, in Jesus' name, we agree together concerning this thing that we're praying for. Amen. I want you, and that's okay, but I want you to think about this. Do you realise that when we're praying the word of God in any given moment all over the world, there could be Christians praying the same verse and we could find ourselves in agreement with people we've never met? Doesn't that blow your mind? You know, we could be... We could be praying about something because the Holy Spirit puts it on us and we, we begin to speak the word of God into that situation and begin to pray God's word into that situation and not realising that someone in Uzbekistan is saying the same thing. See, I don't even have to know where that is. I barely know how to pronounce it. But it's okay. Even though I don't know where it is and I don't know how to pronounce it and I've never met them, we can be praying. In agreement. That's a powerful thing. That's a powerful thing. It shall be done for them by my fathers in heaven. If any two of you will agree. And this brings us to the challenge for this week. And this is why I'm so excited about it. So if we can quickly get the cards out. I'm not going to wait for them because you can just take them. Okay? We're going to throw that scripture up. And this is, what I, this is what I'd love us to do. I want us to pray for Northies this week. Is that okay? So, can we throw up that last scripture, Cam, about... Uh, oh, there it is. No, 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 go, go back. I'm sorry, I didn't, didn't recognise it. Okay, everybody will know this scripture. This is Paul's prayer. If you want to pray the, pray the, the word, some of the great places to start are the prayers that are in the Bible. And Paul makes three or four of them where he says, I'm praying, that, 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 that. And so they're a great place to start. Pray it over yourself. Pray it over your family. But, but this is what I want us to do. I want us to pray this over our church this week. Is that okay? And I want to be very specific about it, and I don't want us to take forever. You know, because if I say, let's spend an hour or two praying this every day, you're going to go, yeah, no. Nah. Because you forget. This is what I want us to do. We're going to read the scripture and then I'm going to talk about how we can break it up, okay? I keep asking the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, that he may give you the spirit, the spirit of wisdom and revelation. He's not asking you to, for, to receive wisdom and revelation. He's asking for the spirit of wisdom and revelation. That's like teach a man to, what is it? Give a man a fish and he, you feed him for a day. Teach a man to fish. And you feed him for a lifetime. So give give a man wisdom and revelation and he's wise and knowing for a day. Give him the spirit of wisdom and revelation and he's got a resource for the rest of his life. Okay. So that you may know him better. Okay, next one. 
I pray that the eyes of your heart might be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people, and his incomparably great power for those who believe. So I'm going to open this up in my old-fashioned Bible because one of the things I've noticed is you can write things in the margin. I haven't worked out how to write things in the margin. I know you can do it on the new ones. I just can never remember which button I've got to press to to do that thing. So uh, this one's a little bit easier. But this is what I want us to do. We're going to start tomorrow, okay? Monday. And on Monday... We're going to pray that God would give Northies, our family, a spirit of wisdom and revelation. Is that okay? That's Monday. Father, would you give all of the people in Northies your spirit of wisdom and revelation in a greater dimension? God, that it would be tangible. Father, we pray today that they would, they would come together next week and it would be like you will not believe what happened to me on Monday. It was like I got supercharged by the Holy Spirit because the church was praying in agreement. And remember what happens when any two will pray? God says he'll do it, okay? So Monday we're believing that God is going to give Northeast a spirit of wisdom and revelation. Okay, Tuesday. Tuesday's a good day. Tuesday we're going to pray... That we would all know God better. How good is that? How good is that? Someone was praying in the uh, in the prayer meeting this morning, and they said that uh, you know come against the, the devil and the accuser of the brethren. He's been cast down, and that's a, a totally valid scripture. And immediately, something from from Ephesians one hit me. The reason why the enemy has no power of us over us is because his weapons have been taken away yeah you know the bible says that he's the accuser of the brethren accusing them day and night accusing them of what accusing them of their sin but i think it's around ephesians chapter 1 of verse 7 says uh, and this is the new living translation or something close to it approximating it now all praise to god for his wonderful kindness and for the favor he showed towards us uh, because we belong to his dearly loved son he's taken away all of our sin through the blood of the savior jesus christ his own son so the devil is looking for his gun you remember that scene in uh, indiana jones I don't know, but he, he reaches for the gun. Because in the first movie, there was a guy came out with a whip and uh, he reached for the gun and just shot the guy. And that was the end of him. And so he, he meets this guy in the second movie and the guy's got a knife. And he goes, but he forgot that his gun had fallen out a couple of scenes before and he had no weapon. Not no weapon formed against you or prosper. He just simply had no weapon. And so that's what Jesus has done to the devil. He's taken away his weapons. He can't accuse us anymore because it's like, what? What? Pam preached about that, what, three, three weeks ago? Satan comes before, before the, the throne of grace and starts accusing. What? What are you talking about? I don't remember. Like it never happened. Justified, just as if we'd never sinned. Taken it away. So we're going to pray 
that, that uh, God would come and do that, that he would come and make himself known to us better. The one who loves us, who's died for us, who's for us. You know, sometimes we're trying to get God's will into our life, but we still think he's like the nasty schoolmaster and he's going to whack us with a stick if we don't get it. No, no, no. He's for us, not against us. His love has been poured out. His grace has been poured out, not just in an eyedropper method, but lavished upon us. That's who he is. So we're going to pray that as a group of people, we would begin to know him better and that the entrance of God's word would bring light to our thinking and our understanding about who God is. Amen? I need that sometimes. Sometimes God is, is way worse in my thinking than he really is. And I, and I need the entrance of God's word to bring light. Okay, that's Tuesday taken care of. Wednesday. On Wednesday, we're going to pray that the eyes of our heart might be enlightened. I think Pam also preached that about Solomon, where he said, God, give me an understanding heart. You know what that means in the, in the Hebrew? It's quite a funny picture once you get it in your brain. Solomon was literally asking for a heart with ears. Just picture that for a moment. It's ridiculous. A heart with ears. Because you know if a heart's got ears, it can also wear glasses. But that's a whole th- another thing. A, a hearing heart, a heart with ears. And so we're asking that God on Wednesday would pray that the eyes of our heart might be enlightened. Amen? Thursday. <laughs> Thursday we're praying that God would cause us to understand the hope that he's called us to. How awesome is that? God, what is this thing that you've called us to? What is this thing called eternal life that you've caused us to? Because I guarantee you, we, it's way better than what we think it is. Amen? It is way better than what we have conceived. In fact, Paul says that he says, more than you could ever imagine or understand, God has prepared incredible things for those he loves. So much better. Okay, that's Thursday taken care of, yeah? Friday? Okay. Friday. This is a beauty. Friday we're going to pray that Northies would get a grasp of the incredible riches of the inheritance that God has in one another. What does that mean? It means that we're asking God to bring a supernatural understanding of the value and import of our brothers and sisters. Yeah? So God, would you come and open our mind's eye so that we would begin to see our friends and our, and our brothers and sisters in, in North Lakes Salvation Army for who they really are, gifts of God to our life. Do you realise that? Do you realise that you will not be able to apprehend eternal life without these people sitting around you? You will not be able to become mature as God wants you to be mature, without these people that are around you. God has handpicked them and placed them in your world to make you a better person. That's cool, isn't it? Even, you know, even some of the ones that really get up your nose. God has handpicked them for nasal cleansing. 
for us. And that is so cool. Okay, that's Friday. And Saturday, Saturday is going to blow us out of the water because we're going to pray that North Lake's uh, Salvation Army would understand the incredible power that God has toward us who believe. How awesome is that? You know, we're going to, we're going, there's people with addiction on Saturday that are going to have their eyes opened and say, God can deliver me from this. And, and like really believe it. it it'll move from, oh, I hope one day God delivers me from this. It'd be really good if he could. No, no, no. It'll move to, because of the incredibly great power that God has toward us, God is going to deliver me from this thing. Because he promised to deliver me from my enemies. And this thing is an enemy of my life. Amen?